Welcome to day four of our look through Psalm 36 to 40. We're looking at Psalm 39 today. It's a psalm about when you do right and things get worse. We've all had that happen. You do what's right in your work and you don't get the raise. You don't get the promotion. In fact, maybe even you get fired for doing the right thing. You do what's right in your family and it feels like everybody's angry at you. You do what's right in your neighborhood and it feels like you're rejected for it. Jesus sure understood this. He always did what was right and things often got worse all the way to the cross. So when you get right, when you do what's right and things get worse, how do you handle it? You need a new perspective, obviously. And this Psalm turns on the question of that new perspective in verse seven. Psalm 39, seven, listen to what it says. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. When life is falling apart, when you are falling apart, you ask yourself the question, what do I look for? That's the perspective question. What do I look for? Where am I looking in this moment to find the strength that I need? And in this Psalm, he tells us first a couple of places not to look, and then he tells us what to look for. First, some places not to look. David asked the question, do I look within for the right perspective? Well, David tried that, and his anxiety only increased. Listen to verses one to three. I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my, are in my presence. But when I was silent and still, not even saying anything good, my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me. As I meditated, the fire burned. So as he looked within, as he tried to deal with it within himself, things got worse. And we've all experienced that. I'm gonna work this out, I'm gonna deal with this, I'm gonna not say anything, I'm gonna say too much. Things get worse. You look within and you find within there's anxiety and not peace. If you have ever laid awake through the night trying to solve all the problems that are running through your mind, you know exactly the feelings that David was talking about here. Do you look within for the right perspective? No, he says. So do I look to this life, the circumstances of this life to give me fulfillment and give me the right perspective? Well, David says this life is too short for that. Beginning in the last half of verse three, he says, and then I spoke with my tongue, show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. He's saying this life can't give you fulfillment. You can't look to your circumstances to get what you need when life isn't working out like you hoped it would because life is too short. Even if your life was perfect and it's not, you would face the fact eventually that it's all gonna end up too soon. So you, you gotta have a perspective that's greater than this life because this life is not long enough. It's not big enough. David here is obviously discouraged and he's pouring out his words of discouragement to the Lord. So when you're discouraged, when I'm discouraged, I need to not only feel it, I've also got to tell it. I got to talk to God about it. Pour out those words of discouragement to the Lord. And as David does this, in the midst of that discouragement, he recognizes I'm not going to find my answer within myself. I'm not going to find my answer within anything in this life. I need to recognize that to change my perspective, I got to look to God. I gotta look to God as my only fulfillment and hope. When life isn't turning out as you expected, you need to expect in God in a greater way because he is the only one in the end 
that's going to do all that you expected. Let me read verse 7 again from the Amplified Version, Psalm 39, 7. And now, Lord, what do I wait for and expect? My hope and expectation are in you. So essentially, this psalm is telling us, if you wanted to put it in one sentence, plan to have problems, expect God to be at work. If you're planning to not have problems, that's unrealistic in this world. If you think, I've already had my share of problems, I wish that were true, because you probably already have had your share of problems. But there, as long as we live in this planet, there are problems we're going to face. There are trials that we're going to have. So you plan to have problems, but you also expect God to be at work. And David gives us an extremely powerful truth about how to trust God as your only fulfillment and hope in verse 12. In verse 12, he says this, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Be not deaf to my weeping, for I dwell with you as an alien, a stranger, as all my fathers were. So there's this phrase in this psalm that's unfamiliar to us. First, it uses the word alien. I dwell with you as an alien. And we think of Martians or people from another galaxy. The word alien there was somebody from another country, a stranger. It was somebody traveling through. I dwell with you, he says, as a traveler, a stranger. He says, as all my fathers were. I mean, Abraham, he's looking at his fathers, Abraham and Isaac. All of them were traveling in a foreign land. What does it mean for you and I to dwell with God as an alien or a stranger? Well, in that culture, a stranger was somebody who was on a journey who showed up at your house. And you would take them in and you'd give them food and water. It was expected in that culture. Because if you didn't give them food and water, they were going to die in that desert culture, in that desert climate. If you didn't give them the food and water they needed, they had nowhere else to turn. Someone taking them in was their only hope. And so David says, God, I dwell with you as an alien and as a stranger. I'm showing up on your doorstep. You are my only hope. I got nowhere else to turn. If you don't take me in, there's no other houses around, not for many, many miles. I'm going to die of thirst physically. That's what the alien and stranger would have thought in that culture. And you and I spiritually, we're saying, God, I'm on your doorstep. There's no one else for miles. In fact, in this case, there's no one else anywhere who will take me in. Unless I find your house, I am lost. But once I find your house, I recognize that I find hope only in you. There's something about this psalm for me as I was reading through it. I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I get a glimpse. As in this psalm, as I was reading through it, I get a glimpse of how deeply it is true that my only hope is in the Lord. I know that's true. I see that that's true. I I teach that that's true. But sometimes I get a glimpse of how true that really is. Because as we walk through life, we can feel like, well, you know, I'm doing okay. I've got enough food and, uh, you know, I've got these entertainments and, you know, I've got these ministries and, you know, th- those are things that I can hang on to. But every once in a while, when some of those things get taken away, or maybe when you recognize the greatness of who God is, you get a glimpse of the fact that my hope is not in any of those things. My only hope is in God. A life without God is a life without hope. Because without God, it's only a brief life. Whatever you do, however much you have, it's only a busy rushing that ends in nothingness. It's only gathering wealth for somebody else to spend. My only hope is in God, but it's more than enough because he wants to give you a hope. He is willing to give you a hope that goes for eternity. 
more than I'll ever see on this earth, than we'll ever see on this earth, our only hope is in God. So let's talk to him. And Father, we want to say to you today, this life is so short and the opportunities are so wonderful. We want to hope in you. We don't want to hope in things or in ourselves or in other people. Our hope is only in you. So instead of selfishly using our lives for ourselves, trying to get hope or stressfully living our lives for others, hoping somehow they'll give us some kind of hope, we recognize today that our only hope is in you. And we decide once again to worshipfully give our lives to you. You are our only hope. Praise you for your hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow we're going to look at Psalm 40 and how faith combines waiting and acting.